Hello, everyone. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you all for coming. It's lovely to see such a, a large group of family and friends who've come to join us in celebrating and giving thanks for Iva. Um, but even more importantly, God is with us. That's been mentioned already by Rachel and Quincy, but yeah, we want to highlight that as well. And it, because it's to him that we owe all of the joy that Iva has brought to us and to many others in uh, these short weeks since he's been born. And today we want to publicly give thanks to God for blessing us with Iva and to tell you a bit of the story of how, um, yeah, how God brought us to this point and, and what we've learnt through it and are still learning on the way. Uh, our hope is that as we do this, you will join us in drawing nearer to God yourselves and um, perhaps start to see things in your own lives that point you to him as well. So the way we're going to tell our story is to split it into two parts. Um, the bit where God promised us a, a son and, and all of the um, difficulties in the waiting. And then um, also the, the joy and um, also some struggles since, uh, <laughs> um, since he blessed us with a son as well. So, yeah, because even though it's not been three months yet since Ivor was born, it definitely feels like we've been through a lot in that time. Uh, so now I'm going to hand over to Naomi, and she's going to, to start the story at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to start by reading a psalm from the Bible. We've already had some, um, which is great. And actually, when Martin was praying for us, I think he actually referenced part of this psalm, which was great as well. Um, so the psalms are a compilation of poems that were written... Uh, to God by various people and I really love them because they are really honest in reflecting the roller coaster of emotions in life um, as you'll find out from this one there's like it seems like it's all going in one direction and then there's like a random outburst in the middle of it um, uh, this one was written by David who is the king of Israel back back a long time ago um, and it's Psalm 139 um, and I think it will come up behind me which is good as well so you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. So, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. 
How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So, so much of that speaks so much to our journey. So I thought that would be a really good intro. So in that psalm, it starts, you've searched me, Lord, and you know me. And there's a verse in it that says, before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. And that's where I'd like to start. So God knows every single one of you. um, And he loves you because he created you. In fact, God actually knows you better than you know yourself. He knows all the days you're going to live through and what's going to happen in them. And he wants to be with you to help you through them. So I met Neil at uni at Southampton. We got married. And I, after I finished my master's in 2007, which is so long ago, <laughs> um, after about a year living in Southampton, we moved to Hurst Green and we joined King's Church um, in 2008. And when we finally decided to become members a few years later, there was a session for people being brought into new membership at the, at the church to receive prayer. Now, who here remembers Ruth Weeble? Yeah, (laughs) lots of hands, legend. Um, She's now at East Grinstead Church. Um, Well, after she'd prayed for me at this session, um, she said to me, so I've got a a verse for you from the book of Ruth in the Bible. And this was it. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The woman living there said, Naomi has a son. I was like, okay. And (laughs) Ruth said, "Um, this is what God has given you as a promise, that you will have a son one day. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I was a bit taken aback by this because um, at this point, Neil and I were not thinking about having children and I was not completely sure if I believed that God could or would actually want to speak to us like that. Um, So I I nodded politely and I went on my way. Um, But I did remember it. And I also remembered the word that someone else in church gave me from God um, about God one day giving me my heart's desire for a child. But at the time, I thought that had been given to the wrong person or that they just got it wrong. So eventually, I got my chartership. I was about to turn 30, so we decided that now was probably the moment to have kids. Um, But years and years went by, and absolutely nothing happened. And I know some of you here have been through and actually are still going through similar journeys and have struggled through the grief even of miscarriages and stillbirths which must be unimaginably painful it's really hard to celebrate with others when you are struggling and personally during this time my conversations with God were pretty raw in these years Um, but my experience has been whenever I've been at a particularly low ebb God has either spoken to me through the Bible through reading it um, using bits like the amazing psalm, or he sent someone to speak into, uh, speak speak to me, or speak into my life to give me hope. So I may have started out by wondering if God um, could or would want to speak to us, but I'm now totally convinced that He can and absolutely wants to. 
so I don't have enough time to go through all of the examples, and I don't want to bore you either, but just a couple. <laughs> um, there was, for instance, um, when I was at Academy, which is like some sort of leadership training sessions, um, someone, there was someone there that brought a word from God about someone that had two apple trees in the garden. They were like, I've got word here for someone that's got two apple trees in the garden. And Neil was like, that's you. So I went and talked to the person about it, and they were talking to me about how God had spoke to them about how um, when apples are they need to be pressed in order to get the sweet juice out. And actually, in in the case of my life, the, the waiting to conceive was actually somehow applying that pressure to bring out the sweetness in my character. Um, and there was another time when Neil and I had gone for a bike ride, but just because I'd been feeling really low about life in general and the fact that I couldn't conceive I made him turn back early which he was really annoyed at <laughs> at the time um but then actually because of that we bumped into Rachel and Villani and Starfhurst Wood um some of you might remember them as well um and in when we had a chat I in our discussion with them I mentioned that I had a dream that I felt was from God in the night which has not happened to me before or since um but that I didn't know what the meaning of it was and he was like oh my goodness we've just been talking about dream interpretation in our church um and his interpretation that he kind of prayed for and brought was so spot on that it must it it must have been from god so he's speaking about my disappointment in my failure to conceive um but also reminding me um of god's promise to me and actually his faithfulness to me and there were many more and of course, I started as well to think back on those initial prophecies to realize they were part of God preparing me for what was to come. So why am I telling you this? I just want to testify about how God was with us in the waiting and can be with you as well in times where you're waiting to see situations resolved or sort of things that God has promised you personally come to pass. So we went through eight years of not understanding why we couldn't conceive. So having tests, doctors not finding anything particularly wrong, getting helpful advice from people <laughs> about how to conceive. Um, and it's very easy for us to stand here now and say, God keeps his promises. You know, it seems like I don't want you to think that it was a breeze the whole way through and that we totally were you know relying on him the whole time um there were times when we were sad angry and confused about why god wasn't answering our prayers immediately especially when like one after another of our friends started having their own babies um yeah it was really hard um, but god helped us through those hard times by reminding us that we're loved and that even though we didn't and still don't understand the reason for the delay god does and his timing is perfect so God also understands disappointment and delay. And he always could, I think, but he, he kind of proved it by having Jesus, his son, come to earth to experience the difficulties and sadness of living the human experience. And so he's got compassion on our sadness. And I want you to know now that whatever you're going through, God understands and he wants to allow you to be with you through it before he brings you out of it. God loves each one of you and wants to have a relationship with you. And this includes you speaking to him and being honest with him about how you're feeling. But also God speaking back to you through the Bible, through others in the church, or like a voice in your heart, or even a vo beaming voice from heaven. It does happen. It's a bit unusual, but it does happen. <laughs> um, and looking back, we can see how God was with us in the waiting. 
But we can also see how he's been with us in the fulfillment of his promises too. So after we'd been waiting all that time and going through lots of ups and downs um, in the waiting, back in November last year, I suddenly fell pregnant. Um, and we could hardly believe it at first. Um, but then a week later, I actually had an ultrasound um, to investigate a different health issue. And so I was actually able to see the tiny, tiny little baby, no bigger than a little tiny bean, in fact, probably smaller than a bean, <laughs> growing inside of me. And it's like the psalm I read out. God knew what my anxious thoughts were and that I would find it hard to actually believe that I was finally pregnant. Um, and he arranged that so I could be reassured. He kept his promise to us that we'd have a child, even though he didn't fulfill it when we wanted it, which was like immediately. Um, but all that time we had been clinging to the hope that God is faithful. And just to, to testify to you, when God makes a promise, he always keeps it. And we can trust him not only to keep those smaller personal promises that he's made to us, but also the big promises that are made in the Bible. Um, and the Bible is full of God's promises to us. So right from the beginning, from the moment that Adam and Eve messed up and decided to go their own way, God has been promising that he would pro provide a way to reconcile the relationship between humans and God. And God kept this promise by sending his son Jesus. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. That really famous verse. So God kept his promise that he would send the Holy Spirit and guide those who love him when Jesus returned to heaven. God isn't in the business of breaking promises, but in keeping them. So if you know that God has promised you something, but that you haven't seen it happen yet, keep hopefully believing and trusting him, because our experience is that God is faithful. So I'm going to hand over to Neil now to continue the story. So, of course, many of you will know that um, when you fall pregnant, that isn't the end of the waiting, especially the last uh, few months can drag on and on a bit, can't they? And um, as you wait with anticipation for the day that you'll hold your newborn in your arms, you make lots of preparations. Well, I'll admit, Naomi did most of them. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there, there was at least one thing that I did, and that was to... Uh, we don't have a car, so... We thought it would be a good idea to, to hire one, ready for um, when Ivor was due. And I thought, this is our first child. They're often late in inverted commas. So um, if I book the car from just a week before the baby's due, that would be plenty of time. Imagine my horror then when uh, the night before the day we were meant to pick the car up, Naomi woke me up and said, my waters are broken, we need to go to hospital now. And it's like, oh no, it's too early. <laughs> it, uh, I won't, so I won't give you a blow-by-blow -blow account of everything that happened after that, but suffice to say that things progressed as you'd expect. And um, it's, it's funny, isn't it, that in those big moments in life, sometimes your mind can still focus on small and actually unimportant things so um, of course my main focus was on Naomi and our, our baby who seemed to be born but I'll admit that in the wee hours of the, the following day I was kind of thinking oh no there's only a few hours left before I have to go and pick up the car and the baby's not here yet <laughs> so I did send I sent up a, a quick little prayer of desperation to God I said please would the baby come quickly and would I be able to, to go and pick up the car and would it 
all sort out. And lo and behold, Ivor was born just a, a short while later and I was able to settle him and Naomi down in, in the room together. Got picked up by Kevin and um, rushed to the, the car hire place. Got the keys, walked home, because by this point I was exhausted and not safe to drive and um, yeah, crashed in bed for a few hours. So I was able to, to then go and uh, visit them in hospital again. So um, in all of that, God made sure that Ivor was born just in time <laughs> for me. <laughs> and this is an example of how God always brings about things with perfect timing. Like it said in the psalm earlier, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God knew what was going to happen. Before it happened, he knew when Ivor was coming. And we can also um, see this in the way that waiting all that time for a child enabled us uh, as a couple to strengthen our relationship. And, and that has helped us with the shock of having a, a tiny baby in our relationship and um, making that a bit more manageable. So, but I believe that God's timing in your life, as Naomi said earlier, is perfect as well. So back to Ivor. God had blessed us with a son and he was healthy and doing really well. So we were able to bring him home with us just a day later. And as if everyone who has children will know very well, that is just the beginning of uh, a, a lot of struggles and a completely new way of living. Even to this day, me and Naomi are learning new things every day because every time uh, we've got used to to Ivor and the way things are working, he grows and develops a little bit more and, and so we have to adjust as well. And some of these lessons can be actually really hard. It's, uh, it's difficult when you have to put, lay down your own preferences and do what needs to be done to keep Ivor fed and clean and healthy. And it's also been hard admitting that I don't know what's best sometimes. But we've actually been able to see the blessing in each of these um, challenges as well. You see, God has been using Ivor to teach me and Naomi some really valuable things. Helping us to change our hearts so that they are less proud and selfish into um, more humble and servant-hearted people. Now, we've still got a really, really, really long way to go but we can see that God is helping us to become more like his son Jesus, who was the perfect man. And that actually, as it says in 2 Corinthians, is the, the purpose for all of God's children, that we would become more like Jesus, ready to live with him. And this is um, referring back to that psalm that Naomi read as well, the way everlasting that was mentioned, that, um, yeah, the Holy Spirit would lead us and, and help us to become more like Jesus so that we're ready to live with him forever. So we give thanks to God that he is teaching us in these hard lessons and leading us in the way everlasting. Now I'm not saying that every difficult or, or hard situation that you go through is God trying to teach you something. That isn't necessarily the case. 
but can you look at um, something in your life where there have been times of struggle that have led to growth in your character? If so, it could just be that God was teaching you through it. Now, it's often said that having children is difficult, but that there is a great deal of joy in it as well. And um, before I was born, me and Naomi went through that semi-ritual hazing that all new parents-to-be go through, where people tell them about how little sleep they're going to get from now on and how um, your lives are going to be completely changed and so on. So we knew that things were going to be hard. But what I'd never really anticipated was just that amazing rush of joy that you get sometimes, like holding Ivor in my arms for the first time or, or the first time he smiled at me. That was just wonderful. And um, the truth is that this brought me a little bit closer to understanding how God sees us as well because it says in the Bible that he rejoices over his children and in fact he even sings over them and I've um, myself just sometimes found myself singing over Ivor with joy because he's I'm just so delighted with him and um, so when I read about this in the Bible before I thought it was a just a a nice picture and, and everything but Now that I've experienced that for myself, I've been able to just get a little bit of understanding of of God's heart for for everyone here. As, um, and whilst I might not like everything that Ivor does, when he keeps us awake by snoring really loudly and so on, that can be a bit trying. But I still um, love him and want the best for him. And it's the same with God. Whilst we can do things that hurt and disappoint him, he doesn't stop loving us and wanting the best for us. As Naomi already said, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God delights in us and wants us to be able to enjoy living with him forever if we just take that small step of faith. So now I'm going to hand back over to Naomi and she's going to wrap things up for us. So our Father God created every single one of us here in his image and he knows everything there is to know about us even more than we know ourselves. So even as fallible humans we know we love our children and we know we want the best for them as well and it's the same with God for us, his children. We want, he wants to see us happy secure and fulfilled as part of relationship with him and as part of his family. But as humans, we're like naturally rebellious rebellious know-it-alls and actually want to do things our own way without God interfering in our lives. But you only have to look around at the world, at the wars and environmental disasters, at the broken families and unnecessary childhood poverty to see that we're actually pretty rubbish at deciding for ourselves what's best. So we've all sinned and fallen short of the glorious vision of God's family. Um, And kind of like I wouldn't want me in heaven in my current state with my petty jealousies, (coughs) excuse me, my self-centered laziness and my misplaced pride in my own work. Um, And it's in that state that I was headed for eternal separation from God who made me and headed for hell. But that's why I made the decision to trust in Jesus, God's son, as the one who can like save me from myself 
So the reason he came to earth and lived as a human was partly so that we would know that God really does sympathise with us in the delays, disappointments, and actually sometimes downright tragedy of life. But actually it's mainly so that he could die in our place to take the punishment for our sin. So like in that psalm I read at the beginning, um, we get angry about injustice and sin in other people. That was what that kind of sudden random outburst was in the middle of the poem. Um, and... Um, yeah, so we get, we get angry about that. We just want God to sort it out. Um, we know that punishment is required for wrongdoing. Otherwise, justice won't be done. And Jesus took that punishment for everyone who trusts in him. So either he doesn't get a choice as to which family he was born into. He just has to like put up with mine and Neil's parenting style. He's stuck with us. Um, but actually, if you choose to be born in, again into God's family, it means you're under the love and protection of the creator of the universe. And if you choose to go your own way, actually, God won't force you to, to turn back to him. But actually, he'll respect your choice to be separated from him. And he'll respect your choice, actually, to accept your own punishment. So we do thank God for new babies because they represent new life. Our journey of waiting and hoping and then finally receiving has taught us so much about the faithfulness and love of God. And actually, we hope that in this talk that we've given today we've given you a glimpse of that too and that that gives you some hope as well